and welcome to Couple of Agents, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. And hey, we're working ahead a little bit. For those that don't know, we release episodes Monday through Friday, and today's Saturday, so hopefully we won't miss one this week then. Right, because the last few weeks we've been only doing four, and it's been really annoying me. Has it really? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm busy. Yes, but you managed to watch plenty of stuff on YouTube that's not really necessary. So. Yeah. Well, I, I told you, though, before, this kind of feels like going to class because I got to sit through 45 minutes typing the whole time. And then afterwards, then I discuss and review it with you. So I feel like it's a pop quiz that I get it all right because you scold me pretty harshly <laughs> sometimes if I miss something or misspeak. So well, I apologize it's, for that. I mean, it's kind of like going to school every day. The school is supernatural. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a fun class to you, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if. Maybe when we're done with this, we'll we'll do a show that I really like and I've watched plenty of times and we can do episode by episode. Oh, please not Mad Men. I was just going to say, and I know just the show, Mad Men was only on for five seasons. <laughs> this is, what, 15? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I hope you can kind of see my point just a little bit. A little, yes, I can, but oh well, anyway. All right, well, this is... Uh, Season four, episode three. See, already I got the first thing right on this quiz. Season four, episode three, yes. <laughs> the, the name of it is In the Beginning. So obviously it sounds like it's going to be a, uh, we find out what happens in the beginning at some point. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, it, this is a time travel episode with serious nods, early on anyways, to Back to the Future. Yes, it is. Were you cracking up when you first watched this episode? You're like, hey. Uh, no, not really. All right, we'll get to my hey moments uh, as we walk through this. So first we see the boys are in a hotel room. Looks like a old school swanky 70s hotel. By the way, these old hotels they stay in, there's one problem with them. What's that? They have a lot of ornate uh, details in the uh, furnishings. And in like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the walls and the architecture of inside these rooms has a lot of surfaces that would be dusty so quick. It would be a major pain in the ass to be a housekeeper in those rooms because there is a lot of dusting you're going to have to do daily to keep up on it. Where nowadays hotel rooms, they are just like a plain box with like one big long table in your bathroom and that's about it. Few surfaces to wipe down. And that's why they have housekeepers. Okay, are you up for this conversation yes, or yes, what? I, I mean, you're just, just yawning. You're no, I'm sorry. I am very tired today once again. Dogs hogged bed last night, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. Um, no, it's just that, I mean, you're right. They do have um, very ornate rooms. But I think if you maybe go to bigger cities, they do still have those in the older motels. We're just not, I mean, we're used to... The double tree. <laughs> the, well, yeah, that and the Super 8 or Motel 6 or whatever. Um, we're not used to those old motels that are in the larger cities. Yeah, I think the oldest motel I ever stayed in was uh, the Fister in Minneapolis. 
And that was an old school hotel. It was tiny little room, tiny little bed, tiny little everything. <laughs> just with like one whole wall was covered by a plasma TV, I think, to kind of get your mind off the fact you're stuck in a jail cell. <laughs> All right, moving on. They uh, wake up in a hotel room that I wish I, I'd love to see the, one of these hotel rooms in real life. Uh, Sam gets up and leaves. Looks like he's sneaking out for some Taco Bell. I can, <laughs> I can well relate with that notion. Uh, that's Ruby then that pulls up in a car, right? Yes, it is. I assumed it was Ruby. She pulls up in a hot sports car. Not a sports car, but like another classic car that seems souped up and really nice. Sam hops in with her. Ruby asks if he's ready to leave, and he says, definitely. And they take off into the night. It's like, oh, okay, I guess <laughs> Sam's got a plan for the evening with Ruby. I was like, shit, I'd have a plan with her, too. Let's go get some drinks and find a different motel room. <laughs> Uh, Dean's in bed though, and we quick see a couple of his flashy nightmare things from hell. It's like the contrast is way off. It's like black and white with red, so it's pretty clear you can. They're kind of showing you he was in hell and it sucked, but Castiel shows up, and Cass is just leering there watching him sleep. <laughs> Cass tells Dean, y "You have to stop it right now." Cass is a man of few words, too. By the way. Yes, he has very few words. And no facial emotions either whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, as an angel, he hasn't learned how to drive the face muscles yet, I guess. <laughs> uh, Cass tells Dean he has to stop it. Dean wakes up again, and he's sleeping on a park bench with a cop poking him like, hey, wake up, you can't be sleeping here. And t so Dean takes out his cell phone. There's no reception. Uh, just says, like, no service. And right away I'm thinking, like, oh, he got you know, beam to some sort of alternate reality. I figure Cass is like putting him through a holodeck test of some sort. <laughs> I thought it was like an angel holodeck he got moved to. I uh, looks around. It looks like a little small town, Main Street, Wisconsin. Nice and quaint. I uh, leans up, you know, he sits upright. We see that he's got uh, also with him. He's got John's book. So he must not go anywhere without the book and his cell phone. He uh, stands up and walks away from the bench, and we see that there is an advertisement on the bench for Tab Soda. What a what a really good cultural touchstone, because I think everyone knows that Tab Soda used to exist. Yes. Well, it still does, but it's just hardly as popular as it used to be. No, that used to be like one of the first diet sodas out there. Right, yeah, when the whole diet craze of the 70s took off. That was uh, one of the first ones. And I like Tab. It's uh, it's a cola, but it's got a hint of lemon in it. It's it's really yummy, I think. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Tab. Okay. Never have been. Because, um, yeah, if you're in Wisconsin and you have a Woodman's nearby, you can probably still buy Tab to this day, in fact. So. I think you can, yes. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's canned by, I think there's only like one place that cans it anymore, so it is kind of hard to find, but yeah, it's still out there if you want to give it a try. Yeah, I think it used to be canned by Coca-Cola, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I'm sure all the big Coke bottlers canned it, but now, you know. Now they have Diet Coke and Coke Zero and stuff like that, so. Yeah, they've got their own brands to do, so I don't know whoever owns the formulation or whatever. However, that whole soda bottling thing works. Kind of blows my mind. Um, Dean uh, walks into a diner, and now it's it's like a seventies vibe. Don't don't be. I said Back to the Future earlier. Don't get in your head that he's they're walking into like an old uh, soda pop soda jerk place. It's, no, it, it is just like a little small town diner, and 
he asks, sits down at the counter, asks where he is. Guy kind of looks over, a little confused. By the way, this guy looks really nice and nerdy. He really uh, pulls off the uh, dad from Back to the Future vibe and all of this. Not as nerdy, but kind of the same look as, oh, what's the actor's name? Oh, the dad from Back to the Future. What's his name? Oh, he's famous. Yeah, his character's name they have here, George McFly, but they don't say... um... Oh, they don't say who played him? Oh, that guy was awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, he looks like George McFly. Whatever. I really wish I could respect the actor with his name. Uh, And then the cop comes into the door and says, like, Winchester! And then you see both Dean and the other guys next to him turn their heads. Like, ah, Back to the Future reference from when walked in and said, McFly! And then they both turned. So it was... uh, Dean then quickly looks around and he sees that it's 1973. Uh, oh, one well, other funny point that happened before that: Dean pulled out his cell phone. He's like, "Hey, is nowhere I can get reception from this?" And then the George McFly character says, "Like, yeah, the USS Enterprise." <laughs> Just pretty funny because yes, I think everyone knows that flip phones look like tricorders from Star Trek. No communicators, <laughs> not tricorders. You're right, communicators. Sorry to all those Star Trek fans out there oh. <laughs> that, that just hung up their telephones oh. while listening to us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, yep, it's a Back to the Future episode. Woohoo! Uh, the cop then talks to young John. I mean, we figure this is his dad. It's young John. Uh, young John gets up and leaves, and Dean kind of looks around confused. And that's the title card, the Stinger graphic. Yes. Anything in that opening important that I missed? Um, no, you mentioned the cell phone. You mentioned he woke up on the bench. Um, yeah, he goes to the diner. Uh, yeah, he does ask his dad where he, or does ask the man, he doesn't know his dad at the time, where he is. And he says he's in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, Dean looks at the newspaper he's reading, and it's April 30th, 1973. All right. So back from the uh, opening, then, we see... John walking down the street, and Dean is following him. John goes around the corner. Dean follows around the corner, but Cass is standing right in his way and stops him. (laughs) They have a little bit of a conversation. Uh, Cass assures him, yes, this is very real. You have actually gone back in actual real time, and you need to help your dad. Seems like you need to help your dad somehow. That's what I got for notes. It It was so vague what Cass was trying to tell him to do. Well, I wrote down must stop it. So I think um, Cass told him again there's something that he has to stop. At this point, we don't know what Dean is supposed to stop. Yeah, I mean, probably from Biff interrupting the (laughs) under the sea dance. (laughs) It would have been fun if he would have said, like, prevent Biff from ruining the under the sea dance. Yeah, That would have been a fun line. Then just have Cass look at him confused and vanish (laughs) in front of him. Well, we, uh, oh, I skipped out of my notes. So, uh, we see John at a little car dealership. He's getting set to buy a VW bus. Dean (laughs) wanders though into the car lot and talks him into, instead of buying a VW bus to buying the uh, 67 Chevy instead, uh, 
you can really tell that Dean loves this car at this moment because he just sells it. He sells it better than the salesman was selling anything. Oh, he does. He's telling about the the engine size and all its capabilities. Like, oh, in 40 years, this car is still going to be cherry and, you know, things like that. So, yes, Dean does have a love affair with the car. You know what's funny, though, is in uh, real world dollars today, that VW bus in mint condition would far outvalue that 67 Chevy in mint condition. Prop, I don't know about cars. Yeah, those so. VW buses, they're like so impossible to ever find a good one anymore because they had all those little windows everywhere and those things got broken out. They just, the whole things went to hell. Right. My dad called them things uh, Hitler's revenge for many years. <laughs> he had a couple of VW buses and said like every nine months you got to replace the computer like clockwork or every three months or something like that. Now, that's what we call the, the old-timey VW Beatles was Hitler's Revenge. Maybe all of VW was Hitler's <laughs> Revenge. That could be. Um, Dean then starts asking, John, um, ghost hunting questions like, hey, in the diner, did you feel those cold spots? And John's like, nope. Uh, I smell something like rotten eggs. Did you catch any sulfur? Nope. Have you heard of any cat mutilations around town? And then that's when young John is like, look, dude, you're creeping me out. It's cattle mutilations, not cat mutilations. Oh, cattle mutilations. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I wrote my notes, dead cats. <laughs> all right. Because fine, we cattle. all know that um, those things are signs of either, well, sulfur would be signs of demons, cattle mutilation demons, um, and the cold spots would be sign of a restless spirit or ghost. Yeah, definitely cattle makes more sense than cats. <laughs> Well, uh, Dean then just tells John, hey, watch out for yourself, and he wanders off. Car dealer comes back to uh, John with the paperwork on the VW bug, but then John tells him, nope, I'm buying the Chevy. Mm -hmm. We see then John pull up in the car, not the van, uh, in front of Mary's house. I don't know if we know that this is Mary at the moment. I think we just assume because he pulls up and a young blonde girl comes running out. Right. And Mary does not look impressed by his change of heart and what he was going <laughs> to buy as a vehicle. We see, though, Dean following and kind of peeking in on him. And I think he's driving a Pinto. Yeah, it looked like he was driving a Pinto. I'm not really sure. Which is funny because everyone thinks that Pintos are all really ugly, horrible cars. Oh, I had a Pinto and I loved it. It was my second car, 73 Ford Pinto. Yeah, that's what you loved always it. said is you really liked yours. Loved it. But I think it's kind of in here as a uh, joke. Oh, yeah, everyone knows the story of the Pintos. Because those were the cars that were unsafe at any speed, right? If you got rear-ended at five miles an hour, you exploded in a Hiroshima-sized Exactly. Bomb. Yeah, those are the ones with the, the gas tank issues, and if you got rear-ended, you're pretty much screwed. Well, it's clear that John and Mary are going out on a date. Uh, they're at Bad a Diner, and we see Mary gets up to go to the bathroom, I think. She excuses herself. John pulls out a ring and looks at it. Dean's peeking in the windows. Well, while this happens, all of a sudden Mary's outside, asks why Dean's been following, and then she starts beating his ass. <laughs> Mary can handle her own in a fight, toe-to-toe sure -to -toe with Dean. <laughs> yeah, she gets a drop on him, and she just beats the crap out of him. That's what I have for my notes. <laughs> well, eventually Dean, though, does get the best of her, pushes her up against the wall, holds her wrist over her head, so he, she stops swinging on him. And Dean sees that around her wrist, she's got a bunch of religious charms. It's a charm bracelet, and it's just covered, though, in religious symbols. And he gets this odd look on his face, like, hey, wait, are you a hunter? And then they both just look shocked at each other. We go to commercial. <laughs>
Back from commercial, we see John dropping off Mary from their date. And at this point, though, as Mary's kind of walking away from the car, I think John drove off. Dean comes out from behind a tree and they start talking. So I guess outside this diner, they're like, hey, I'll meet you back at your house. Right, exactly. You know, That's quick, what I'm quick eat your burger and fries and ditch this dud. <laughs> yeah, ditch this dud. It's only my dad. Uh, but <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, no, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, John drives Mary home. Dean is there. Uh, and they start talking, and she's to take him in to meet her parents, which is... Of course, Dean's grandparents that he has never met before. Yep. Inside, then we see Grandpa Skinner quizzing Dean. Dean passes, but Grandpa still doesn't trust him and wants him out of the house. And when he says Grandpa Skinner, <laughs> the, act, the actor playing Samuel Campbell is Mitch Pileggi, who played director Skinner FBI on X-Files. My notes might just say Grandpa Skinner, though, through this whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, Mitch, what's his last name? Pelleggi. Mitch Pelleggi, yeah. So he's, uh, for any X-File alums, uh, main character from X-Files. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool uh, character actor, though, by the way. I'm, I'm glad he didn't get typecasted in the grumpy old man role. <laughs> that was sarcasm, because that's all he ever plays. <laughs> well, that's all we've ever seen. I've seen him. He's been on, um, oh, crap. I think he's been on, yeah, he's been on uh, Supergirl. Okay. I, he does not play a grumpy old man character on that show. All right. All right. Well, I guess I haven't seen him on Supergirl. But once again, though, we kind of get shades of Back to the Future here because Grandma thinks that he's just fine. We can trust him. Let's eat dinner. And that's another scene out of Back to the Future when Marty is eating dinner with his mom. Uh, now, we're not going to have, I don't think Mary, though, like rubs his leg or anything. No, here, she doesn't. But it is just once again another Back to the Future callback. And what's interesting at this point um he finds out that uh, mary's father's name is samuel and her mother's name is deanna so now we know where mary got the name for her boy sam and dean yeah that was that was kind of cool get a little backstory on where the names came from i guess there's some point here let buddy out while I'll I'll let, yeah, with get a little the story Uh, so they're sitting around eating dinner. It doesn't seem like Grandpa Skinner uh, approves of John all that much. Uh, Grandpa Skinner says he's working a job out at a farm, and uh, the clues makes it sound like demons. Dean says it sounds like they're both working the same job, actually, because, oh, by the way, Grandpa Skinner's a hunter. It's a family business. Right, and he was talking to Mary about John. He goes, you know, I like John and everything, but he's a civilian, so I... From here, you know that it was Mary's family that was the hunters and not John's family that was a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was the interesting part. I'm like, oh, it was Mary that got John involved in all this. It wasn't, you know, because John's the, only, the big gung-ho person that we've seen this whole time. Right, exactly. That wrote the big, you know, it's not like Mary left behind a diary. It was John that left behind a diary. So, mm-hmm. um, Grandpa Skinner... Well, then uh, Dean says it sounds like we're working the same job, so they'd like to team up, so it should go, you know, easy peasy. Grandpa Skinner says, I work alone. <laughs> the next day, then, we see uh, Grandpa Skinner in a priest's collar and a suit. He's at a farmhouse, goes up to the door, 
And what do you know, Dean is already inside dressed the exact same, working the job already. John should have, or uh, Grandpa there should have woke up a little bit earlier and got out to that farm, not let Dean get the upper hand, but he did. Well, you know, Dean's younger and faster, so. And you forgot to mention that Mary was with, with her dad, too. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Mary did go along as well. And she was kind of, she was dressed up in a um, school marm. Just a very conservative, lots of padding covering the whole body. No piece of skin uncovered sort of look. Right. She, yeah, I'm sure she I wouldn't look- go Amish look, but it was. No, no, not anything like that. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely very modestly dressed. To kind of look like it would be someone that would be accompanying a priest. Yeah. And where they went is they went to um, the widow of a man who was killed in a mysterious farming accident. Grandpa Skinner asks the lady if she saw anything unusual. And once again, like many people that <laughs> they interview, she is instantly annoyed by her their stupid question and says, other than my husband's body fertilizing the back 40? Nope, nothing I can think of. <laughs> like, Jesus, lady. Okay. We got it. Your husband's dead. Settle down. Uh, outside then, um, Mary is talking to, I thought it was a son, but maybe it's a farmhand. I'm not quite sure who this young boy was. Um, yeah, it was his son because he mentioned he loved his dad, but his dad drank. It was abusive to his mom. Yeah, and he talks about that there was some crazy stranger lurking about wanting to make a deal with him um, to bring him back, I think. I don't know. Some deal about 10 years. Dean pulls Mary aside and figures the son is an idiot and traded his soul away. Can you explain what happened there? I missed it. Yeah, because of the fact that the father was, I shouldn't say alcoholic. He just said his dad drank and was abusive to his mom. It was the demon deal that got his father killed. And so he said that this guy didn't specifically say what he wanted. He said he's going to be coming back in 10 years to collect. And so naturally at this point, Dean and Mary think, oh, great. This kid just sold his soul to get rid of his dad. Oh, this son traded his soul to have his dad killed. Yes. Jeez. You think there'd be easier ways to do that if you were some kid that was sick of watching your old man get drunk and beat up on your mom? Same thing Bella did. I mean, old tractors have dangerous PTOs on them. Just walk by and give him a bump while he's out, <laughs> you know, harvesting corn or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, they figure he traded his soul like a dumbass. They get a description of this guy, and what do you know, in the right lights, he's got pale yellow eyes. So immediately Dean knows we're dealing with Azazel again. The word Azazel is never used in this. They just keep calling him Yellow-Eyed Demon. Right, because Dean doesn't want to let on that he knows who it is yet anyway. I mean, he does let on he knows what they're dealing with and who they're dealing with. But no, does not mention him by name. I just know him by that name because, well, that's his name. Back at Grandpa Winchester's. No, not Grandpa Winchester. Grandpa, what's Mary's maiden name? Campbell. Back at Grandpa Campbell's place, they exchange notes. Uh, Dean assures him that this demon is dangerous and they need to go get the Colt gun from Colorado. And impresses Grandpa by knowing about the Colt gun and where to get it, I think, because they were pretty shocked that it was even a real thing. No, he didn't go to Colorado to get it. He just said a hunter named Daniel Elkins had it. In Colorado? Uh, I don't know. 
because then that would mean Dean would have had to drive from Lawrence, Kansas, all the way to Colorado and back. Yes. I That's what happened. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Well, I didn't just write down Colorado here because I was yearning to go skiing tomorrow. <laughs> no, I thought you were yearning to visit your aunt so you get some legal marijuana. <laughs> we're surrounded by states with legal marijuana. I'm sure I could figure, out, figure it out somehow if I was into that sort of thing. Uh, so they crack open John's notes, and John does have notes on all of this whole situation. He's got notes on the farm that they were just at, and he's got a note on where the next spot the yellow-eyed demon hits. So pretty handy. And right now, Grandpa Skinner's getting really suspicious, too, about him and this book and these notes, and how the heck does he know all this stuff? Mm-hmm. So Skinner and Big Mama think Dean is crazy, but he assures him he's not, and he takes off for Colorado to get the colt. Or across town to wherever you think the cold was at. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I missed the Colorado part, um, but I'm sure you're probably right. That makes sense. Dean takes off and tells Mary, uh, hey, that John, he's a good kid. I like him. <laughs> then I thought that was going to be the end of it, but then Dean keeps on with the conversation, asking what John is like. Mary says he's sweet, kind. Even after the war, he's still sweet and kind. Which war was he in? The Korean War? Um, this Vietnam, because this seems a little... It would have to have been Vietnam. Yeah, it must have been Vietnam, and he must have not been in it. He must have been in it early then. And Well, we know he was, uh, I think, a uh, Marine. I know he was a Marine. I think he was a sergeant, the rank was, when he left. I'm not really exactly hmm. sure, but I know he was definitely a Marine. All right. Uh, mom seems uh, really happy that John, Mary, not mom, Mary seems really happy that John is going to ask her to marry her. Mm-hmm. She loves him. And she wants to get out of this lifestyle. She wants a real family. Yeah, she told Dean that John is everything a hunter isn't. No offense. <laughs> but, she yeah. worries about having her own children someday and them being raised in the hunting business. She doesn't want that at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She wants him to be safe and not have to worry about any of this crap. Well, Dean tells her, look, November 2nd, 1983, no matter what happens, no matter what you hear, no matter anything, do not get out of bed. And then she's just like, okay. <laughs> and then wanders off. Kind of looks at him like, oh, all right, whatever you're talking about there, Skippy. And See, I thought they were going to do, so that was like real advice. I thought they were going to do another Back to the Future thing and be like, okay, Mom. 1982, when your older boy <laughs> burns up the carpet, don't be too hard on him. Like, I thought they were going to do the same joke, but mm, no. no, it was actual real advice. Uh, we see Dean driving his Pinto into the night, and Cass shows up next to him in the driver's seat. Dean asks, why isn't Sam here? Cass said that, hey, you got to go and do this your lo- do, go do this alone. And by the way, Dean's not even looking for you anyways. Or Sam's not looking for you anyways. Yeah, Sam isn't looking for you anyways. How do I still screw that up? I have no idea. After all this time, <laughs> yeah. you would think you'd have knew which one is Sam and which one is Dean. If you're, if you're, if you're uh, playing the at-home drinking game of Dan screws up names, take a drink. <laughs> uh, Dean wants to know if the family curse gets broken by all this. And Cass tells him... That if you uh, that if 
future things will change. You know, if you solve all this, yeah, but then you won't be hunters. And all those people that you saved, they will eventually die. Dean seems pretty okay with this. He is. As long as his mom and dad are still alive, he doesn't really give a rat's yeah. ass. <laughs> he figures that's fine as long as his parents are alive. Mm-hmm. Commercial. <laughs> Uh, next we see Dean opening an old safe and he pulls out the Colt. Someone behind him, though, gets the drop on him, has a shotgun. Dean slowly stands up. Dean knows that the hunter's name is Daniel. And so Dean turns around, quickly pulls the uh, Colt on Daniel. So they're just standing there pointing guns at each other. Dean's like, look, I got to borrow this for a couple of days. If you're going to shoot me, I guess you got to shoot me. But it's really necessary. And he starts slowly walking away. And Dan Dan, the hunting man, lowers his gun and lets him go. Yeah, he says he needs it for a couple of days to save his family. And then tells him, he's like, do you know the Campbells over in Lawrence? That's where you'll find the gun. Which is rude that Dean isn't even going to, like, ship it back to him. He's going he's to make Dan, the hunting man, go get it? I guess so. Rude. <laughs> I hope he at least left behind gas which, money. Which is why I think that he was not in Colorado because he goes, you know the Campbells. It sounded like they were not that far away. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> Yet again, there's no way to know. Listeners, please <laughs> go to the webpage for this and tell me, did Dean go to Colorado or not? All right, we see uh, Marion Skinner, <laughs> Marion Grandpa Skinner. They're cleaning guns. Grandpa Skinner tells her uh, Dean's plans, and the plans have to do with a friend of hers. So all of a sudden, Mary wants to help him get involved. Grandpa Skinner is so confused because first Mary doesn't want to hunt, now she does want to hunt. She turns to he turns to Grandma. Is like, is this some sort of women's time of the month thing? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh Jesus, horrible seventies humor. <laughs> the daughter's got the vapors <laughs> at the house though we see the yellow eyed demon is trying to make a deal with the lady about cancer did she have cancer or someone she knows has cancer what's the cancer thing it sounded like someone she knows possibly her father or something had cancer and so he's like you know just in 10 years i'll come back i'll be asking you for something and you know this person whoever it was they didn't really say it was can be cancer free now, do you notice the name of the doctor? No. Dr. Brown. That was Dr. Oh, Brown. Oh, very cool. The doctor on, once again, yeah, yeah. Back to the Future. Okay, nice. I didn't notice that. I'd have been tickled pink. <laughs> uh, Grandpa Skinner comes into the house, fires his gun, but Yellow-Eyed Demon gets back up. Mary comes in. Starts fighting. Skinner gets thrown up, force pressed against the wall. Mary comes in, tries to fight. Dean comes in with the gun, and the yellow-eyed demon smokes out. Mm-hmm. Outside, they're regrouping, and Mary is really annoyed that none of this worked. Skinner tells Dean that he likes her. Dean says they need to talk alone sometime. Likes her? Well, I put it, Dean was upset that he missed the shot, and then his grandpa said, oh, but, you know, I thought you did good. Um, oh, likes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinner <laughs> says that uh, he likes Dean. Yeah, he was, he proved himself, I guess, in the scene as a brave hunter. Exactly. And trustworthy. Because he did then pop in with the colt. Yeah, he did. Um, 
So, and then Dean's like, hey, you and I got to talk alone sometime. So back at Skinner's house, uh, Dean sits down with uh, Grandpa Skinner and explains that Mary's my mom and you're my grandpa. He tells, he lays out the future plans and explains that if they don't finish this thing tonight, Mary dies in the future. Yes, she does. And at first, Grandpa's kind of like, he's nuts, but... And he says, you know, for some reason, I believe you. Well, Mary seems to have had enough. She found John, runs up to him and says, dude, let's get out of here. It's time to split daddy-o. <laughs> yeah, she's had enough of those shenanigans. We had enough of this lifestyle and is ready to go away with the good guy. Um, Skinner, though, admits, like, everything in my body tells me that I should kill you talking to Dean, but he's also got another feeling that he can't shake too. So they get back to working together on a plan. A lot of mixed messages here from Grandpa. He likes him, he doesn't like him. Well, yeah, it's kind of like... He wants to put him six feet under, but then he doesn't. <laughs> like, come on, dude. At this point, though, uh, Grandpa Skinner wants to hold the colt and check it out. Uh, Dean, like, slides it and says, no, I don't let anyone else touch it. And then we, we figured out his eyes turn yellow, so Grandpa Skinner is now the yellow-eyed demon and does the force push Dean against the wall. Yellow-eyed demon calls him out that time travel is such a powerful thing. You must have friends in very high places to have pulled this one off. Mm -hmm. Yellow-eyed demon moves in and sniffs Dean to see if he has any psychic abilities. Dean figures out that the yellow-eyed demon is actually around looking for strong kids to help him out with some future plans. Yellow-Eyed Demon tells Dean that he's going to stand over the crib at night and feed demon blood to make them stronger for the big plan at the end. Mm -hmm. And he also tells Dean at this point that the deals he's making at this point isn't for the souls of the people. It's the fact that he wants their children so that he can you know, bleed into them and, and make them strong. Yeah, yeah, he's not trading souls whatsoever. He's trading for kids. Uh, Dean says, that's fine. I'm still going to kill you. Yellow-Eyed Demon stands up, grabs a knife, stabs himself in the belly. Granny was standing behind the whole time. Uh, she sees this happen, screams. Yellow-Eyed Demon turn and force pushes her around the room and twists her neck off. Dean breaks free, grabs the gun, runs into the other room where the Yellow-Eyed Demon killed Grandma, but... Yellow-Eyed Demon has vanished, and he also then notices that Mary's gone at that point, too. Even though we know that Mary's already left with John about five minutes ahead of <laughs> Yeah, this. Mary's long gone. Yeah, she's down the road, man. All right, well, now back with young Mary and young John. John finally proposes marriage. They're, like, sitting alongside the lake or something. Some make-out session <laughs> yeah. spot. Inspiration point. So... The uh, yellow-eyed demon that's inside of Grandpa Skinner uh, grabs John and breaks his neck and kills him. He shows Mary that her mom and dad are... He tells Mary that mom and dad are now too. He, like, pulls his coat open. He's like, see, your dad's stabbed to death. And that you're now an orphan. Mary gets pretty upset, so she's going to kill him. And yellow-eyed demon's like, hey, I want to make a deal with you, Mary, and I'll bring John back. <laughs> Says that in 10 years, he'll be back. 
And as long as he is not interrupted, everything will be fine. Yes, no one will get hurt. Everything will be fine. Yellow-eyed demon tells Mary, this is a good deal. She does ask him if he can bring her parents back, too. And he's like, nope, just John. He's the yep. only one I'll be, I'll be bringing back for you. Yeah, the deal isn't that good. <laughs> Dean pulls up in his awesome Pinto. <laughs> we see Mary and the yellow-eyed demon slash Grandpa Skinner making out, like full-on tongue-kissing each other. Well, Very it disturbing. It doesn't show that they're full-on tongue-kissing. Open you, mouth. You know that when you do a deal with a demon, you have to seal it with a kiss. Jesus, when you make a deal with a WB, you might have to kiss a 20-year-old TV star, too. I can't imagine what that actress was thinking that day. Yellow-Eyed Demon, though, quickly smokes out of uh, Skinner's body, and John wakes up. Cass shows up next to, next to Dean. Uh, John sees dead dad, dead, Mary's dead dad. He's got a worried look on his face, mm -hmm. and it goes to commercial. So I was like, well, what do you explain to John at this point? Oh, yeah, there's my dad. You're just woke. You were dead. You're now awake. My dad's <laughs> over there. He's dead. And we're in a new spot that you probably don't remember how you got here. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how we'd explain that. They never really do get into that in any of the future episodes. No, just that weird night that John had with Mary. <laughs> Man, John, you must have had a few too many cocktails that night. Yeah, remember that night you proposed to me? Same night my dad died. Oh, yes, Mary. How could I forget? Yeah, what a romantic the same night, evening. The same night my mom died, too. <laughs> Broken neck. It was strange. Aish. Dad stabbed himself to death. It was like a murder-suicide. <laughs> they really couldn't take you proposing to me, man. They took it hard. <laughs> They'd rather be dead than have you as a son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, they're getting a fight in the future. You know what? I didn't have to marry you. The night that you proposed to me, my folks were so disturbed they killed themselves. Is this really worth arguing about toilet paper? It goes over the top. All right, back from commercial. We know it's the final commercial of the episode. We see Dean wake up. Yet again, Cass is standing in the room just lurking around. And he tells Dean, don't worry. You can't change history. But now you know the truth of and everything that we know, too. So I guess there was nothing that he had to stop. Cass at the very beginning said, you got to stop this. Well, then there was nothing to stop. Cass at the end tells him it was impossible to change it. Right, but I think he wanted to say, he said that to Dean to kind of give Dean a reason to be there and to see how everything did unfold. I think that's maybe the reason why. Yeah, since Dean is, yeah, since Sam's not going to give give Dean any straight answers, mm -hmm. I guess that's about the only way to do it, is to do the playback. Yeah. So Cass says that, hey, they know what they did to Sam. We don't know why. Dean asks where Sam is. Cass straight up gives him an address and warns him that Sam is going down a dangerous road and either he needs to be stopped or we will. That yeah. means the angels, and they sound like they don't mess around. No, they don't, because as we all know, in this show, they're just as are, bad as the demons. It seems angels like. are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so and that was the end of it, and wow, there was no monster of the week. This is just pure on full story, having to do with everything else. Right, and it also was a to be continued. So this looks like a two part episode. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Yep, two parter, but. The whole idea of Monster of the Week really seems to be just fired out of a cannon with this one. Because if you were brand new getting into the show and watching it, you'd be straight up confused. 
Yeah, you would, because you wouldn't know the whole backstory of uh, the yellow-eyed demon and Mary and what happened with Sam. And You'd spend half the episode trying to piece together who's who. You, you'd be a penultimate warrior. <laughs> 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 Little plug for my other podcast, Penultimate Warriors, where we watch the second-to-last TV show and popular series, and then we make wild deductions about what everything that led up to it and what the finale's going to be like, and we're probably wrong a lot, but we don't <laughs> care. Visit us at penultimatewarriors.com. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Like, yet again, there was no final boss battle. It's not a monster of the week. It's just simply we go back in time. We get a snippet of history. We know the yellow-eyed demon was involved and John and Mary and Grandma and Grandpa. We know, you know, a little bit more backstory, a little bit more cast, and that's it. We just got some more info. Really no plot. Yeah, there was because of the fact that Cass did say that Sam was heading down a dangerous path. So <clears throat> even though at this point Dean has no idea what probably what he's talking about, Cass knows that's whatever he's doing with Ruby um, and the fact that now he's able to exercise demons with his mind. They know what's going on. They just don't know why and what his name is for mm-hmm. Sam and all this other stuff. Yeah, pretty wild. Yes, it is. I say, if all of a sudden, you know, there was a Creature of the Black Lagoon episode again, I would be really surprised. Well, you're going to be surprised a lot in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess uh, I will be surprised at some future date. I have a... uh, Anything else from this episode, though, we need to bring up? No, I think we covered everything. Again, I apologize for calling him Grandpa Skinner through the whole thing, (laughs) but that is the actor that played him, and that was... Stuck yes, in my head the whole time. He did play Skinner and But X-Files. yeah, it's Mary. So we know that uh, the hunting came from Mary's side of the family. Which is interesting. Some pre... A uh, couple of things I wanted to get you for Christmas. They have to do with John's history before the boys came along. I wonder if that meshes up with this all that much. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe you'll be surprised. <laughs> well, you know, don't get me anything for Christmas is what I tell you every year. Because I know, because you just can't stand waiting until then, can you? No, because I don't <laughs> celebrate Christmas. Ugh. Oh, you'll be forced to this year. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay me. Other than that, I don't think there's anything new necessarily. Was there any other uh, trivia or notes that you wanted to bring up? No, that's about it. Oh, it does say if you look closely at Mary's charm bracelet you can see a men of letters charm which i know what that is but you guys have no idea what that is no no clue i thought you were gonna say like (laughs) uh, i don't know the flash gordon symbol or something i thought maybe they got something silly on there no no not at all okay well just that there was that other um back to the future reference when Dean asked Cass if the angels got their hands on a DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah, there was a DeLorean callback. The diner scene, Dr. Brown, uh, the DeLorean reference. Oh, Back to the Future. Cool. Yeah, just a reminder, if you want to buy yourself a brand new DeLorean, they are on sale again. You can buy yourself a brand spanking new 1983 DeLorean, DLC1 or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> that is just the craziest story in history. That the story of DeLoreans? 
Yeah, I mean, just John DeLorean is a huge financial scam, and then he ended up to be a cokehead and busted. But just they have, like, warehouse full of parts to build new ones. They just kept getting sold and kind of moved around, and now some there's the DeLorean Motor Car Company is back in business. Mm -hmm. And if you've got one to send into them, I think that's what they prefer, and then they'll redo it all and make it brand new. But they can, they can build you a brand new DeLorean from parts or donor i don't know what all they need but they got crates and crates of parts so yeah they do i remember that when you were watching that i can't remember what exactly what was we were watching but what's funny is everyone that i've known that's uh owned a delorean or driven in one they say yeah it looks cool on the outside but it sucks it's a pos yeah they're not that fun to drive they're super heavy so they're slow to take off they're slow to break and then all you get the, the biggest complaint that it seems like is all you get all day long then is Back to the Future call-outs. Just oh. people shouting, hey, Marty. Yeah, I imagine. Can you take me back to the, you know, can you take me to yesterday and just shit like that? I, it sounds like it's nonstop, never-ending. <laughs> I can imagine. Because, yeah, I've had two friends of mine that have actually owned them. Oh, really? I've never known anyone to own a DeLorean. I've never ridden in one yet, but, yeah, I've had two separate friends that have owned them. In my, or acquaintances, I should say. It'd have been easy enough for me to buy a couple of beers and probably get a ride if I really wanted yeah. one, but I heard that it was, <laughs> they kind of sucked. <laughs> so I really was never all that interested in it. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the next episode. Uh, the next episode is episode four of season four, and it's called Metamorphosis. Yeah, Metamorphosis. So, I mean, I think. The illusion that I get then is that Sam is going to kind of come into his own powers here. That somehow he's a demon-human hybrid of some sort. Uh, because in this episode, the yellow-eyed demon did say that he was specifically looking for kids that were bred for this. Like, that they had strong stock. Yeah, and that's why he was very interested in Mary is the fact that he said, you know, she's going to be a good breeder or something like that. When he was talking to Dean, he's like, oh, don't worry, I don't actually do the breeding. But with her, I might make it Yeesh. an exception. So, yeah, it's like, eh, gross. Oh, especially those eyeballs with the too many pupils all floating around <laughs> in it. God. <laughs> that is the one thing. I've got that, whatever that. Eh, never mind. People, I'll, I'd, I'd say it, but then people will Google search it, and then they'll all creep themselves out. So, never mind. Um. Just a reminder, we do have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and say hi. We Penny uh, posts the episode there every day. We also got a website, coupleofidgets.com, where you can comment on each episode. So, like today, if you, someone could uh, go back through and when you're watching, pay attention. Did Dean have to drive to Colorado or not? He said <laughs> that's where the cult was, so... I think he drove to Colorado. And back. That's, that's entirely possible, and maybe back then... There weren't a lot of hunters, so he would have heard of the Campbell family. I have no idea. No, who hasn't heard of the Campbells? <laughs> Over on Route 3. They make great soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is a vegetable farm? His brother's got a salt mine. They get together and make soup. <laughs> Campbell's salty soup. Uh, so come and check us out at our website. Also, we stream on all the major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, et cetera, et cetera. You can find all that information out on our website, coupleofidgets.com. And once again, please 
Tell your friends, family, neighbors, enemies, whoever else likes Supernatural about our podcast and uh, have them join in the fun as well. Yeah, we think we, I know I have a lot of fun doing this and kind of, as we mentioned before, getting your perspective on seeing some of these episodes for the first time. I know I've played a few episodes that you've seen a couple times already that are my favorite episodes, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of these you're watching for the first time. and it's, It is interesting to get your take on it compared to my veteran take on it. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of have a rough idea of what's going on and where things are, but really analyzing this day by day and seeing the inner connections of everything is all brand new to me. Like, if I I could have sat down and just watched this with you one off, and I would have felt uncomfortable, but I don't think I'd have been quite as clued in as I am now. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, I wouldn't have known the yellow-eyed demon is dead, and then we're going into the past, and then it's some future plans, and even after he's dead, it's probably impacting or something i don't right. know right exactly i gotta keep watching yeah exactly what is sam gonna do what is he gonna become is he gonna grow horns a tail carry a pitchfork oh we don't know are you kidding me is he, he hopped in the car with bella ruby. they uh ruby bella's dead remember? yeah 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 so he hopped in the car with ruby they probably went over to pf chang's had some dinner maybe took in a show that's entirely then, possible. Probably found another hotel room, I'm assuming. <laughs> you know, you don't want to wake Dean up. This is terrible. That would be rude. That's it from us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye.